Welcome to episode number 87 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Anne Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. In this week's podcast episode, I'm interviewing Danielle Hayden, who is the CEO of Kickstart Accounting. And Kickstart is where I do my bookkeeping, and they are they help me actually do both businesses, my private practice, and also my coaching business. Very early on in my career, I uh, I understood that accounting and bookkeeping was not my strong suit, and I outsourced this. And uh, Danielle's firm was the um, woman-owned firm and the local firm here in Cleveland that I felt like was a great resource to have. So. She is. Um, she has a unique approach to accounting. I think she uses more of a coaching uh, style, which I love. They offer a lot of programs, and she'll talk about one of them. You know, that's coming up that they're launching. But I think this is a great interview and has a lot of interesting tidbits for those of us number one who are entrepreneurs, those of us number two who are making a pivot because Danielle made a huge pivot in her career, um, and she's done it not only once but at least two times. Come out of corporate um, as a very successful corporate CFO um, and into you know becoming an entrepreneur and starting her own business. And so she's got some wisdom that she shares in this podcast, just talking about how she went from you know, doing hair to becoming a CFO and then to becoming an entrepreneur. And I think she's like many of us who want to do something different, but sometimes we get a little bit stuck or we're just not sure how to make it happen or we're just considering a big pivot or a change, but we just don't know all the steps laid out ahead of us. And Danielle's a great example of what's possible when you decide to do something and you go out and do it with a bang. So um, I hope you enjoy this conversation. Um, Danielle's got over 10 years of experience uh, in you know the corporate setting as a corporate financial officer. She is um, very smart with all the you know business side and the money side, but she really has, I think, a great view on entrepreneurship. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation. As a side note, you will start to hear in the beginning of the podcast that one of my carbon monoxide alarms was going off. So if you hear the beeping in the podcast, just know that I stopped the podcast. I went and addressed the alarm, turned it off. Everything was fine in the house, but uh, we, we, you will hear where it's beeping uh, in the in the beginning. So, but the conversation was so good that I didn't want to re, uh, to re-record it and have Danielle come on because there was a lot of really good pearls in this. So, so enjoy um, Danielle Hayden. All of her information for Kickstart Accounting will be in the bio. So go check them out. They're a fantastic firm. Highly recommend them. And um, and buckle up. There's a great conversation and um, can maybe give you a little kick in the pants. If you're just like, I don't know, I can't reinvent my career. I can't go from 10 or 15 years doing, you know, academic medicine into private practice. It's totally possible. And Danielle's a great example of that. So, all right, without further delay, let's get to it. Danielle Hayden of Kickstart Accounting. All right. Hi, Danielle. I'm so glad that you're here because this is, I think is going to be a good conversation. You and I just had a conversation on your podcast, which was so fun. Thank you for having me, but I'm really glad to just introduce you to this crowd. I talked to you I talk about you and your services with Kickstart to many of my clients and and to our community. And so it's exciting to be able to have you here and just share uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. So start there, tell people a little bit about who you are, and then we'll get into what you do. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for that. I appreciate it. And I'm really excited to to, to be here and be of service. So um, who the heck am I? I um, First and foremost, just uh, I'm a, I am a mom of two, um, which I think that's really important because 
Um, I have a daughter who's 18. And I think that women like you and I and and the people in, in this group are making such an impression for young women like that. So um, I was a corporate CFO and um, I was making the rich, the rich, rich. I worked with the board of directors, investors, the management team. And um, I, I, I looked around the boardroom one day and said, I need to be doing this for entrepreneurs. I need to take everything that I've learned and adjust it so that women entrepreneurs can use this information to create and run successful businesses. And that was the birth of Kickstarter County Inc. Um, was the mission to take every strategy that's being used in the boardroom and take that to entrepreneurship so we can have amazing businesses as well. So um, now, how long were you in a corporate role before you got into your own company and started a Kickstart? Um, a little over 10 years. Okay. Um, why do you think entrepreneurship is so important? I think it's a space where we could make an impact on the entire world, right? Like it's, it is so impactful <clears throat> to be able to bring our idea, our wisdom, our expertise, and be able to serve others. And it is what fuels the entire economy. And I've just been so passionate about small business my entire life um, and helping small businesses be able to have a bigger impact. I don't shop at Walmart, right? Like we canceled our Amazon Prime um, subscription a long time ago. I want to, right? Like I vote with every dollar that I spend to be able to support small business and the that economy because I believe in people and I believe in their ideas and I believe that we can make a difference. Mm. Um, tell me a little bit about um, accounting for you and what I'm curious about what makes accounting a good fit for you and just as, in terms of kind of how your brain works and the um, your strength, because it must be a strength of yours. And I'm glad that I have you in my corner and all of your team uh, yeah. in my corner, because it, 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 I, I love numbers. I like money and I like data and accounting for me is not my sweet spot in terms of it's not where I love to spend my time. So what's accounting to you and why is it interesting? Yeah. So I'm going to give you like kind of my personal story on this and then, and then what I think it means in general. Right. So my personal story was that I'm kind of your creative, like left brain and right brain. I was working as a hairdresser. I did hair and I really wanted to go out and, and open my own hair salon. So I, I, I went back to school and I was taking classes to open up my own hair salon. Uh, took a major detour and ended up in accounting, except for my CPA, went into, into, into corporate accounting. But what happened, what never left me was the impact that knowing your numbers could have. The, it doesn't just, when I say know your numbers, I mean all of your numbers, not just your financial statements, right? So when I worked in the hair salon, I had to know specifically how, like if I wanted to hit my goals and I wanted a higher commission and I wanted to help the salon hit our big bonus and our big goals, I needed to know specifically what I needed to do, what I needed to sell, how much of it, and what that was going to take in order for me to be able to get there. And then I took that and I helped the other girls in my hair salon be able to do the same thing. And I taught them 
how they could back into their goal so that we were all making more money because we were all making more money. Our salon was hitting our goals and then we were all making more money, right? So yeah. it's using the tool, the tools of, of, of numbers to be able to do more. And so I took that lesson with me through, through life. So accounting to me, numbers to me is a tool to be able to maximize our impact. Even back at, at, at uh, working in the hair salon, it wasn't like just money. It was, we got to see how many people smile, right? Like how many people did we get to serve and like bring a smile to their face and make them feel better. And we get to do the same thing today. When we help a client, right? So when we come in at, at Kickstart, when we come into a business and we onboard them, we watch this transformation happen through onboarding. They come in, they're scared. They think I'm not a numbers person. I don't want to do this. I'm not organized enough. My business isn't big enough. I'm not enough. I don't deserve help. I don't deserve this, right? They have all of the stories going on in their mind and we watch them get help. We watch them receive it and see that their books can be organized to see that they can have numbers and eventually see that it's not as scary as they thought when you have a team that is able to make the numbers digestible for you. And so we get to watch that same transformation. We get to see people smile. We get to see that it makes sense. And now those same people get to go higher with confidence. They get to take home more money. They get to pay themselves more. They get to take their family on that vacation. Um, they get to have a bigger impact in the world because they they have that information. So accounting, you know, it it it's a tool. It's a tool in our tool belt to be able to do more. But wait a minute. So you're doing hair and you're like, I'm just going to go. Accounting sounds great. Like, let's fucking do that. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, I, wait, I want to understand because we have yeah. a community in this community. We have a lot of people who they come into and, and maybe this may resonate with you, but they come into nursing or the caregiving profession um, because it, you know, they have a desire to be caregivers and maybe it's something in their families they saw and and then they come and they do that work. And they realize that they have, because maybe it was socially acceptable or was something that was more, more accessible than, you know, some other long-term career and they come in and they do the caregiving and they like it. And then they learn more about themselves. And then they're like, oh, but maybe I also, maybe I want to have my own practice or maybe I want to, you know, the hell with nursing. Like maybe I want to, I don't know, create an Etsy store and sell shit or be an Airbnb rental, you know, landowner or, um, you know, rental property, like income property person. Um, so, so like walk me through, like what I don't, I don't understand. So you're, you're like doing hair and then you're like, shit, let's just go for accounting. That sounds great. No. Okay. So, so how it happened was I was doing hair. I, I, I loved what I did. I actually had no intended intention of doing anything else in my life, but owning a hair salon and, and bringing on amazing women who could then have a, a successful career. Like my mission was to be able to create an amazing environment for women to find, um, financial freedom and empowerment and, and, and a, a beautiful career that they can thrive in. Fast forward, I did that, but just not through doing hair. Um, right. Right. So I knew I wanted to do that. I was going to school and um, I took an accounting class and the guy, the, my instructor kept on saying, you either get accounting or you don't. And, and, and throughout the class, like every other, every week, he'd, he'd, he'd come to each one of us. And said, so do you get it or don't, don't you? And I kept on not understanding what he said. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Like, 
stop asking me that. Like, I don't understand what you mean. People don't get it. Like you taught the, I mean, it's like algebra or geometry. I was like, yeah, I, I get it. So I kind of not understanding what he was saying. And so I, I got it. I did understand it. And one thing kind of happened after another, I uh, went to a really small school here in Cleveland, uh, Ursuline, and there was somebody who um, worked at Ernst & Young who um, made an effort to hire from Ursuline. She felt like women from that small school didn't have a chance to play with the big boys. And so she specifically reached out to me and asked if I wanted to uh, come and work for her in this global department at Ernst & Young. Okay. And so I slowly, one step after another, started down this accounting path. So it wasn't like a right turn. Like all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to go get my CPA. It was you know, one thing, right? Like Kat called me yeah. and I said, all right, let me say yes. Right? Like sometimes it's just saying yes to an opportunity. Yeah. I said yes to going to Ursuline when it wasn't the best decision. I said yes to taking that role, even though it didn't fit my family life at that point. I, I kept on just saying yes. And um, I kept on leaning in because I did get it and I did understand it and I did yeah. like it. And at the time, I'll say one other thing about like knowing your personality type. And I didn't understand this back then. And I understand it now. I am somewhere in between an introvert and extrovert. Like I can have, I can be here on this podcast with you. I'm going to I'm going to probably talk until five o'clock today. And that's, that's fine. Right. Like I can do that and I can, I can do it well, but then I need to retreat back. Like I need quiet. I need, I need, I need, I need to, to be alone. I need some internal time where I'm not pouring into anybody else. And at the time I didn't understand that. And so I went from doing hair, which is a very extroverted activity and then I was a, a young mom. I had a young daughter at the time. And so then I was taking her to all her play dates and, and pouring into her and caring for her. And so I was always serving others and pouring into other people. Oh. I didn't understand why you needed that. So when I found accounting, I was like, oh, hey, it's really quiet here. You know? It was kind of nice. Yeah, right. I could, like, I'm like, oh, it's quiet. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to talk to anybody. Um, You're the an number introvert. Just accept it. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So first and foremost, let's backtrack. Cause I want to go through a couple of things that you said, cause I think this is fantastic. Okay. So numbers are interesting to you. You can do numbers and numbers felt like, but like, I'm curious because like, if you're on the road to being very successful, like, you know, what you're doing with a salon, you're like, you're making money, you're hitting goals, you're helping the company, you know, the actual salon do well. Like, what's the pivot there? Which is like, why go into account? Like, why go back to school? Was it like, oh, well, I'm getting to a point where I'm going to reach a ceiling and I need some new skills and I need something that's going to well, take maybe to the I would, level? I was going to classes anyway, because I felt like I needed schooling to start my own salon. Like I, I was already oh, in, in classes. Okay. I just took a, um, my undergrad is actually business management. And then okay. my master's in, is in accounting and finance. So okay. I finished that business management degree so that I had that. So I could have stopped there and I could have opened the salon. I actually up and quit one day. So I, I, that's just very much my personality. Um, I, Loved what I was doing at ENY, and I I loved working in the environment, and 
I go all in. So I was all in. I, I loved it. I loved accounting. I loved what it meant. Um, Got I it. loved the number side and I, I must've had a gut, you know, gut intuition feeling that I was going to be able to make more of this, right? Like I never intended on staying at Ernst and Young for anybody who's worked there. Like it's, it's like a factory of smart people. You know what I mean? Like, yep. It's like working at a, a factory. Right. I mean, it's corporate. It's like the, you know, it's a, it's a corporate behemoth. And so it's, I'm sure it runs like most corporate operations, which are churn and burn and lots of people, lots of big projects and, you know, and probably for women, not as easy to get ahead and, or to make, you know, make waves in a way that financially is supportive to them and their goals. Yeah. But I loved it. And I loved what I was doing and I loved learning from, from these, these people. So when I left Ernst & Young, I took, um, a job at, let's call it a mid-sized company. We were a mid-sized company and I took a job in their accounting department. And this was kind of my pivot. So when you go into accounting, you have a few career paths. You either go audit, you go to tax or, or you go corporate and corporate, you either go big corporate or small corporate. And I went small, small, small corporate. So I worked for mid-sized businesses um, in the accounting department, helping the management team use the numbers to make businesses like exactly what I do now, but I did it for bigger companies and got to learn everything, like what they needed, how they needed, um, how they approached business decisions. Um, you know, I was, and I don't, I actually didn't have, um, when I talked to other women, um, I didn't have that experience of, not having a voice. I didn't have that experience of not being allowed in the room with the men. I had a seat at the table. My voice was heard. I was accepted. Um, when the guys went for drinks on Friday, like I went with them, I didn't have that same, same experience. And so I really got to be able to see and hear and learn everything that I possibly could. Okay. All right. So, so you're in corporate finance for roughly 10 years. How long has Kickstart been open? Um, about nine years, almost nine, nine years. years. Okay. All right. Um, and I think I'm, I'm curious to hear, you know, entrepreneurship is interesting for those of us who start businesses, own businesses, have side hustles. It's a, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing. What do you, you know, do you love it? Do you, is it love hate relationship? Is it like, no, I, I fucking love, I hate it as much as I love it and it's all worth it. And it's terrible sometimes. And I still do it. Like what's your flavor? So I love every minute of what I do. Like I, I, I just went on vacation and I went on vacation with a bunch of family and on the way back, my daughter and I were sitting on this plane or on this train and we were listening to my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my dad, like we're talking, we're, li- we're just sitting there listening and we're listening to them all talk about how they were so upset that they had to go back to work on Monday and they were moaning and groaning. And I looked at my daughter and I was like, I'm excited to go home. You know what I mean? Like, I'm excited to go home. I'm excited to be back with my team. I'm excited to pour back into my clients. I can't wait to record this podcast episode on this cool um, content. You know what I mean? Like I got two weeks to think creatively and give myself a break and I can't wait to get back and use this refreshed energy to pour into my business. So I absolutely love it. Now, I also recognize that I don't have the best boundaries, right? So like (laughs) I'm reading this book right now that's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace. (laughs) Because I 
also don't have very good boundaries. So when my kids get mad that I'm like taking calls and yeah. that, you know, they're knocking on my door and I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you want. I'm working. And yeah. they get, they get a little bit of, there's a little bit of tension around it. I'm like, look, if I was working for a nine to five, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be home. I wouldn't be working from home. I'd be gone from eight to six anyway. So yeah. back off me, you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's just me saying I want to work and I love what I do. So yeah, I, you know, I think it's interesting because we have in our community, we have a lot of people who are strategic thinkers, which I think probably fits with the mindset of those people who like numbers and go into per, like some sort of like accounting or some sort of financial services. Um, and then we have a lot of people who are executors who are the, they're the achievers. They are the, you know, they'll, they have long periods of focus. They have high levels of rates of completion. They're the doers, the go-getters. Yep. They're the people who, you know, if, you know, they're asked by their bosses very often when they're in a corporate setting or a traditional healthcare model, they're asked to do things because usually they are known to be the doers and, you know, they, uh, you know, get shit done. Um, and so I think it's very fascinating. And I wonder sometimes if those of us who go into this, because that's how I am. I, my kids will come in and be like, do you have to work today? And I'm like, well, it kind of depends, you know, uh, you know, it kind of depends on what comes up. And when you're in the midst of growing a business and, you know, you have a service-based business or a product-based business, I guess it doesn't matter actually, but like you get to choose whether or not you're going to be responsive to the demand or you're not. And, and, and ultimately kind of where you want to go with it. Right. Like I, I, you know, my goal is growth with my business. And so I attend to the messages that I get on Facebook and Instagram and I respond to them and I send voice messages and I do a lot of consults and, you know, so I think it's a, it's an, it's interesting, right. To be in this space um, because it's fun because we can win. And for those of us who love to win, you know, being in, in uh, private practice or some sort of a business endeavor, like it allows us to go out there and do it. And I would agree. Um, it's an interesting dynamic, I think, with kids and with families and boundaries and, yeah. you know, uh, and taking vacation. We were just, I was just talking with a client about, you know, vacation and how vacation sometimes isn't really vacation because it's hard for her to unplug completely. And we were just talking about like, well, is it a bad thing? Like, I don't know. I, I get for me, the majority of- I checked my email. Uh, you know, I, I no. feel like I did a pretty good job unplugging and I checked my email, but if I could just say one thing that piggyback off of what you were just saying, it would be that, you know, you mentioned it depends on what, what you want from your business and where your business is going. So I've known for a long time that I wanted a business that's growing, thriving, profitable. I want to make a big impact, right? So how can I make a big impact? I can make it a big impact by doing the bookkeeping and serving you know, hundreds of clients. And then I can also make a big impact by hiring amazing women to serve, to train and create an opportunity to help serve those, those clients. So I've been very committed to having a growth model where we can make a, a very large impact. Now, there was a moment a long time ago that I had to decide, are we going to a agency model or Am I going to have a sole sole proprietor practice with maybe a few people who assist me in delivering services? And I made that decision to create an agency so that I could have a bigger impact. Because I wanted a bigger impact and because I created an agency, I did create a job for myself, right? So there are days where my calendar is full all day long. I lead my team. I have team calls. Um, we had a team meeting yesterday. I'm doing podcast recordings. I 
am the thought leader for, for our company. I sit in the sales and marketing seat, but I like my company. So for me, I'm not like, I've never even read the four hour work week because I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. Right. Like, or the laptop entrepreneur. I never read it because I don't care. That's not, that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. But I think it's important to know that because if you are looking f- to work very little and have a big impact, one, I'm not sure that that goes together, but if you want a laptop business that like, that's great, but just knowing that so that you can have agency over your calendar and what you do and what you pour into. Yeah. We, it's funny. We were just talking about, I think this is one of the things I appreciate now about doing the Goldman Sachs program, which is that this idea that you're what, like, what kind of business do you want to build? And I, you know, like I, I think of what we're doing and I think of this small private practice and like, I'm not building a private practice to hire on. I might hire on maybe another NP at some point or, you know, bring one more into the fold, but I'm not interested in building a clinic that's got 10 NPs in it and like I, who I have to manage. And then I'm doing all the operational bullshit. Like I've been in a role like that and it's interesting and it's fine and I can do it. That's not my sweet spot. Like I, my goal is right. More freedom, more flexibility and the opportunity to do good and do well, right. To, to create an impact for people, but not all at my expense, number one. And the number, number two, not to have to do it in a way where, you know, it's sucking 40, 50 extroverted yeah. hours out of me when I'm not an extrovert. Right. Um, and I think that is something that I, I think the Goldman Sachs program for me, it, it became very clear to me, like, oh, you know, I don't want a business of 10 employees necessarily. I want a business of a couple employees, but I think I want to do something like licensing or, um, you know, um, like I've always loved that idea of online course, right? Like online courses are great. You can sell them, right? There's a, maybe a component on the back end where people have a meeting or, but it's not requiring all of my time. I can, I can pour so much time into it to get it up to snuff and really make sure it's a great product. And then I can release it and be done with it and not have to manage a ton of it on the back end or manage the people who are managing it. Yeah. Um, it took us nine years to realize that um, our knowledge could be bottled up into a course. <laughs> it, it took me nine funny. years. So just, so just this yeah. year we're launching and, and of course, you know, go big or go home. Um, we didn't launch one course. We lost three, launched three courses. <laughs> yeah. But finally, so for anyone who's listening to that, it's like, but I don't know what to launch a course on. Like it took us nine years of figuring out who we serve, how we serve them, um, what the questions they ask, um, what they needed to know from us. Then we had to figure out what's our framework, what works, what doesn't work. Now we know who needs it. We know what, what they need, how they need it. And now we're able to launch like money mindset. You and I talked a little bit on, on my show, money mindset is everything. So we created this money mindset mastery program where people can start to work on their money mindset, heal their past and, and, and be able to move on. Um, we have one on our strategic framework on how to become more profitable, but for anybody who's listening, that's like, I don't like, what would I even do a course on? You might not know. Like it took me a long time to figure that out. Yeah. We, I mean, and <laughs> no, and a lot of listening and that's what happens. Like the more that listen. you listen and the more that you start to, I mean, like that's entrepreneurship for you, right? You find that there's a problem to solve and you're like, oh, there's some people who want to pay me, 
you know, $200 a month to do bookkeeping. And there's some people who have a need to do a little bit, like need a little bit extra work on some of their money mindset shit. And, you know, and then you provide the solutions to them. I mean, that's the hallmark of being a good listener. And, and, but I agree it takes, it can take time, but I, I love that model. And I think, um, you know, I, like I read four hour work week and I was, I was literally back in clinical practice working what felt like a bajillion hours a week trying to, you know, build our clinic and open it. And I was just like, the fuck am I doing? Some asshole is literally selling shit like on the internet. I don't even know how to do that, but working four hours a week. And I was like, and I'm here busting my ass 60 hours a week, 55 hours a week, taking calls, you know, uh, doing site visits, going down, wearing a hard hat, like, and granted it's things I love. And I could, I could love it at 20 hours a week and I could love it at <laughs> right. six hours a week, right? Like I don't need 55 hours a week of, of pouring myself into work and, you know, all the other things that come above and beyond kind of the caregiving role when you're in a professional paid role for that. So, um, I love that. No, I, I also want to tell you too, my mom went to Ursuline. She was, a um, I watched her go to school. Um, uh-huh. she got an associate's degree back in the day and then went to, um, uh, Ursuline for her bachelor's in nursing. And I remember watching her and I remember her going to school and, and we had like, it was, we got actually, uh, an old, an IBM computer. It was the first computer we ever had. And it went in my brother's room and I watched her like sit there and like type on one finger at a time, like type papers and shit. I mean, it was, I'll, I'll never forget it, but I just remember being like, and I remember going to her graduation and seeing uh. Like with her, you know, and I was just like, I, I remember it so vividly. Um, and, and I think about just, you know, what, how old were you? Um, oh my gosh, I, maybe 10, eight or somewhere in there, but my daughter was, I don't know. They they were, they were young, but I hope they, I hope they remember it. Um, Ursuline. And I know that there's so many programs out there like this now, but it was a, for adult learning. And it was a really cool program because each class was condensed and they're known for their nursing. Um, they actually shut down their accounting program while I was there, um, which is why I finished my business management and then had to go somewhere else. Uh, Um, however, it was a great school, a great program because they offered these accelerated classes and it was writing intensive. And at the time I absolutely hated it. And now I like, cannot be more thankful for that program because every five weeks you were writing a 10 page paper and might I add, they made you present it to the class. Oh God, how so, But I can literally think Ursuline for the reason I'm able to do what I do today. Like, had I not had that experience, would I have ever been able to start standing up on podcasts and talking? I don't know that I would. You wonder, I don't know. I know you, you wonder, no, they're a good local university. And it's exciting to hear that that was, that's kind of part of your background too. Um, okay. Tell me, you know, tell me how kind of where you want to take kickstart over the next, you know, five years, like what's, what's kind of your like big hairy dream. Like what, what are we thinking here? Share if you are to share. Of course, our BHAG goal, and we share this with the team. We, yeah, we share this out loud. Our big B, BHAG goal, big hairy audacious goal is we want to help 1 million women entrepreneurs understand their numbers. And that is through our podcast, Entrepreneur Money Stories, our courses through eSuite, uh, our services through bookkeeping and receiving a financial snapshot. So there's you know, not just through our services, but being able to make a big impact for all women in entrepreneurship. So our goal is 
um, 1 million women. Um, over the next five years, we're going to continue to grow. You know, um, I do believe in slow and steady. So we don't, we don't have a board. I don't have investors. We don't have debt. So we're not answering to anybody. So it's not like we need 50 new clients a month. We are continuously hiring. We bring on uh, one to two team members a quarter. We bring on a set amount of clients per month. So we've had to move to more of an application style process where people come in for services. We only take so many clients per month. Um, so we, whenever we have a call, we're like, if you want, you know, if you need to catch up right now, you need to sign up during this time because we only take so many clients because I believe in creating a sustainable business that can be here for the long haul. And that doesn't mean me being burned out or my team being burned out. So um, we're going to continue to grow. Um, we're going to launch these these courses and really pour everything we have and everything we can into these courses because I think that, yes, our services make an impact, but I had no idea. And I laugh all the time because nine years ago, if you would have told me that there's this thing called money mindset, I would have laughed because to me, I was coming from corporate. I was a CFO. Like, that's not what we did. We went into the boardroom. We told our investors, we told our private equity firm, here's how the business is doing. Here's whether or not we met our goals or not, our budget or not. And then we had to make difficult decisions. If we weren't doing well, we weren't hitting our goals. We were cutting people. We were cutting costs. It didn't matter. Like we had to hit those goals. And I didn't realize in entrepreneurship how much we don't operate in that way. We have love, right? Like we have a heart, we have a, we have our gut, we, we use intuition and, um, we are bringing our whole money story along with us for the ride. And so if we didn't have a great experience with money growing up and actually we see just as many clients who had an amazing money experience growing up, who now have a, have a really difficult time with overspending or holding on to every cent that they have. So being able to, being able to figure out that piece has been really meaningful for me this year because I don't ever want to hear one of our clients say, I love that your book, that you do my books. And I love that you send me my financial statements and snapshot, but I actually am not brave enough to even open it. Yeah. Do you know how long it took me to open the, the, the emails from Allie? Sometimes I sit on them still. Avoidance is okay. As long as you get there, right? Yeah. Wait, no, okay. but I mean, I think it's comical because even to be the person who's like, oh yeah, I pay for the service and, you know, Allie helps me with the bookkeeping and she sends me my, my, you know, my balance sheet and I can see my run rates over the past 12 months and it's great. And sometimes I still, I still, I, I get the email from Allie and I'm like, shit, I got to look, you know, and, and, and I still work on that some, yeah. I'm so much better than I used to be. But it's funny that even some of that, some of that is just such a work in progress for so many people. And I know I'm not alone in that, but um, you're not alone. You're not alone. This is, that's why we created the money mindset mastery because we needed to help people heal that so that they can open because we can't have the impact, right? Like you, you can't go and have a bigger impact. I can't have the impact on you. You can't have the impact on all these other amazing women who are working with you unless you are brave enough to be able to open the emails, unless you're confident enough to be able to absorb the information, realize why you're holding on to that story and, and be able to move past that and get, and get tools and strategies to be able to ov- overcome it. So it's just all, it's, it's really exciting. Yeah. Okay. What's your version of the good life? What does that look like? For, I mean, I know you've talked a little bit about just how entrepreneurship really fits you and, you know, two weeks of vacation, but like, what does that, what, what does the good life look like for you? Yeah. I think the only thing that I would add, um, to my life right now is like a waterfront property. 
right. right. Um, I feel like I have a good life. Uh, life. I, you know, um, I love so, so many pieces and parts of, of, of my life. And if there's small things that I could add, um, like we went to Lake Michigan in March this year and I absolutely fell in love with, um, Lake Michigan and that house on the water. And so maybe that's in my future one day. Um, we joked a long time about, uh, moving to Costa Rica and, um, spending some time there. So maybe that's in my good life somewhere sometime in, in Costa Rica. Um, but I could, I could use some more water time. <laughs> okay. All right. And when we talk water time, are we talking like, is it only like the, the lakes, like the, um, the great lakes, or are we talking like, no, it could be like beach house in Florida, or it might be, you know, coastal property in San Diego, or what are we, or a, a Pacific Northwest, or I'm like, what are we talking about? So I'm deathly scared of California. I used to live there and um, I went back to visit, I went for a conference. And so I visited my aunt and my uncle and, and I went running on this mountain that, that I used to run all the time when I, when I lived there with them and I'm on this mountain and I'm on, I'm on the side and all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, holy shit, what if there's an earthquake? <laughs> like if there's an earthquake right now, what do I do? Like, what do I do? Do I hug the mountain and cover my head? Do I jump off the mountain? Like, where do you go? And then I, so I pick up my cell phone and I go to call my uncle. I'm like, well, what, you know, I'm going to get instructions on what do I do? He's a fireman. He'll know. And my cell phone won't work. My cell phone's not working and I'm on this mountain and now I'm freaking out. Oh my God. Usually this I don't run window, downhill. Window. If you ever wanted a window into Danielle Hayden's brain, here we go. Here it is. Here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So normally I don't run downhill because my knees and I am sprinting off this mountain. I'm like, get me off this mountain. I need to get home. I need to figure out what I do in an earthquake. So no, <laughs> it will not be in California or anywhere else. That there's an earthquake. <laughs> now in my okay. defense, I was, when I was, a I was like three, um, I was, I was in a major earthquake. So maybe there's something, something back there, but, a little bit back there. Yeah. A little yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, you know, my family's here. I am very lucky. Um, my ex and his parents live five miles away. So the kids can see their father. My mom lives five miles away. My brother lives five miles away. So, um, I'm very close to all, all of my family and that, that is important. So that's why I keep on saying Lake Michigan feels doable. Um, yeah. however, who knows, you know what I mean? Like I, I love the Carolinas, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. All right. Okay. Last piece that I usually ask everybody, which is, you know, um, if can you give, what are you willing to give a piece of advice to, um, somebody who's just starting off on their journey of entrepreneurship and maybe it's private practice, or maybe it's a, you know, whatever it is, what piece of advice would you give them that you think could make it easier for them to get going? Can I make it two? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I think everybody should read the book built to sell. Um, very early on in their their business. I think it's really easy as a sole proprietor to build a business that revolves around you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I was doing it my first few years. And then I read that book and we completely remodeled our business and the way we're structured and, and my role in the business because you don't want to give yourself a job and wake up one day and say, I didn't want this job, right? Like, I know I said I gave myself a job, but I love my job, so I'm okay with it. And mm-hmm. and I'm easily replaceable. Like all of my positions are documented. So at any time that I don't want this job anymore, 
I could replace myself with somebody else. It doesn't have to be me as the business owner. So read built to sell and, and create a business that doesn't revolve around you. The second one would be to hire faster than you think that you need it. I see way too many women with superhero syndrome. They're we- wearing their cape around. They think that they're not big enough. They're not enough. Um, their business isn't enough. They don't deserve help. They have to do it all themselves and they don't ask for help. And I was guilty of it at first too. Like, why do I need to pay for somebody to do that? I know how to do it. Why do I want to ask somebody on my team to do my bookkeeping? I know how to do it. Like I, I just shouldn't have been doing those tasks because it was, I could sit in my zone of genius and I can have somebody who is better suited to do those tasks. So whenever I'm doing something now that I'm like, I don't want to do this or wow, this is taking me a long time. I'm probably not the best person for this. I immediately stop and I hire somebody. I'm like, who else can do it? Like, is there somebody on my team that can do it? Or I need to outsource this because it shouldn't be me because that's how you create a business that you love. So you don't do the shit that you don't like to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do the shit that you don't like to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you don't like when I was working in corporate, my CEO, he didn't touch, we we worked in NetSuite back then. He didn't touch NetSuite. He didn't touch QuickBooks, right? Like he wasn't in the accounting system. Why should you, the CEO, be in the accounting system? Get out. You don't belong there. He didn't run the Facebook ads. He didn't do the marketing. You shouldn't be there. Like, you don't need to be the head of marketing. Um, like, I could go on and on and on. Like, he he didn't do all of client service. He had a team that helped with client service. Now, I realize you can't hire all these positions one at a time. So find the roles that you can easily outsource. And I think that that's why... When we work with clients, we're very early on in their their entrepreneurship journey because bookkeeping is a very easy thing to hire somebody. I think marketing, it's a very easy thing to hire somebody on. Um, and you can hire experts who know more than you that can guide you through it. So marketing and and bookkeeping are two things that I think people can give away quickly and you could hold on to more of that sales and client service for longer until you figure that out. Yeah. Okay. I love it. All right. If people are interested in having you or understanding a little bit more about your bookkeeping services or your courses, um, how do they find you? Yeah. Uh, go to kickstartaccountinginc.com. The ink is really important. Uh, they won't let me buy the UR Kickstart, Kickstart Accounting. He's not using it, but he won't let me buy it. Oh. I know. I'm going to start. I'm calling him out everywhere I go. So Somebody's holding on to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because he knows I want it. Um, oh, so Kickstart probably. Accounting. Yeah. <laughs> kickstartaccountinginc.com. You can message us on Instagram at kickstartaccounting. Um, uh, you can tune into the podcast, Entrepreneur Money Stories. Um, the um, courses are at esuite.co slash, slash money mindset mastery. Um, DM me on, on Instagram. I want to I connect. Um, more than anything, we want to be a service. So we're always giving out tips, tricks, strategies, sharing the podcast on there. So if you follow me there, you'll get all the good stuff. And then you are, you and I are both located in Northeast Ohio, but you yeah. have clients who are across the country. I would correct. Assume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We are, we are not um, geographically challenged, right? Like um, yeah, in the U S we don't work in Canada or, or anywhere else uh, internationally. Um, so if you're in the U S we can help. We do all of our calls via, via zoom. It's, um, I think I've met one client in the last six years in person. So yeah. um, everything. Uh, virtual. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. It was a pleasure to have you on. And thank you for just sharing a little bit more about, um, you know, how you, uh, how you transitioned, how you pivoted 
um, how you've built Kickstart, where you're going, um, and some advice I think is will be so helpful for um, so many of our listeners. So thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be of service.